together. So let's stand together today on this Father's Day. And if you have your Bibles, open them with me to Proverbs uh, chapter 3. And I want to start, I want to talk to you a little bit today about this relationship we have uh, with our fathers. Good fathers want the best for their kids. Amen? Uh, if you're a good dad, you, you want the best for Good dads are willing to sacrifice for their kids. Uh, good dads want to see good things happen for their kids. That's a great thing. And when we talk about a, a healthy church, we've been talking about a healthy church, we need to remember we have a good dad. Amen? You understand that? We have a good dad. We have a heavenly father who is a good heavenly father. And we need to pay attention. Listen, listen to what it says in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Father, we thank you uh, this day that you're a good father for us, that we can trust you. Father, there's some in this room, many of us in this room, who had great dads. And we're thankful for those dads and pray that, Father, that you'd help us as dads to be great dads. Uh, Lord, just guide us and direct us. But we're so grateful today, most of all, that you are our great dad. Father, there, there may be some here whose uh, dads weren't so great. And it may be hard for them to trust anyone because of that. We pray you'd heal that in their life and let them know that you are a good father to them. Touch our hearts today and guide us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Christians, I, wa I want you to be aware with me. I want you to, to, to be aware of what's going on inside of our society. I want you, if you'll just pay attention to this just a little bit, you'll begin to notice this. There are many in our society today, many who influence our thinking, who want us to believe that it's okay to accept Jesus. It's okay to say, okay, Jesus is my Savior. They just don't want you to believe that Jesus is your Lord. They want you to accept Jesus as Savior and then look at the rest of what God says to us and reject it, excuse it away. They want to take thousands of years of moral teaching, thousands of years of teaching about our relationship with God and pitch all of that out. And they want you to feel secure when you're really insecure. Today, I want to just read uh, some scriptures for you today. And when, as I read these scriptures, I, I want you, I hope that you'll, in your heart you'll ask, who do I trust? Do you trust your flesh? Do you trust the world? Or do you trust the Word of God? Uh, listen, listen to what this says. Matthew chapter 6, verse 31. Therefore, do not be anxious about anything. What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Seek first the kingdom of God, the rules of God, 
and his righteousness, how to do things the right way. And all these things will be added unto you. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Do you trust the Lord? 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Do you trust God? Do you seek out His Word? Is His Word important for you? James chapter 1 says this, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generally to all without reproach, and it will be given him. Do you trust God? When you're in need of wisdom, do you go to him? Do you seek his wisdom from his word? Do you pray and ask him to give you wisdom? In John chapter 14, it says this, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also, and you know the way to where I am going. Do you believe that God's preparing an eternal home for us? Now just a little bit later, Jesus tells us how to get there. This is really important for us to hear. Because Jesus tells us there's only one way to get. This is what Jesus said in verse 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The only way to heaven is through Jesus. Do you trust him? Do you believe he's telling us the truth? Matthew chapter 6 says this. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Do you trust the Lord? Are you putting that trust to action? James chapter 5 says this. Therefore confess your sins one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Do you pray for things? Do you seek God? In Galatians chapter 5, it runs completely against the message of our culture today. Listen to what it says. Now the works of the flesh are evident sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like this. I warn you as I warn you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. It's not a, hey, we just accept Jesus and whatever we want to live like, we can do. No, we're called to a moral life, to a life that's submitted to him. In Psalms 46, it says, God is our refuge, a very present help in trouble. 
Therefore do not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. What's it telling us? God is our strength. Trust in Him. Jeremiah 33, 3, Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and hidden things that you should you, 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 that you have not known. He says, I'm going to reveal things to you. Do you trust the Lord? Philippians 4, 19. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Our Father says to us, trust me. In Proverbs 3, as we read, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Don't try to figure this out on your own. Don't, don't go in your own wisdom. Trust the words of the Lord. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. In all the ways that you live, in everything that you do, acknowledge that He's your Father, that He's your Lord. Do it His way, and He will make straight your paths. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Don't think you know how to act in your own eyes. Don't think you know how to do it in your own wisdom. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. On this Father's Day, I would tell you that trust is key for health in any home. You know, my dad, uh, how many of you knew my dad? Raise your hand in here, you knew my dad. Uh, I trusted my dad. I grew up trusting uh, my dad. I knew the man he was. My dad was one of these guys, he didn't, he didn't uh, change uh, who he was. He didn't shift around in his actions according to who he was with. He was the same publicly, privately, uh, with every person, no matter how much money they might have or how famous they might be or my pow- how powerful they might be. You got the same thing all the time. That just, it's just that's what he was. Now, I will tell you, uh, I agreed with him most of the time, uh, but there were times that I didn't agree with him. Uh, I didn't think that he was right. However, I, I will tell you, as I've gotten older, the more the times I thought he was wrong has shrunk, <laughs> and the more I've realized he was right even, even more. But th- there was one thing, one place where where he and I really disagreed. He was, a, as a father, he was very authoritarian. And by that I mean, when he would give me a direction, when he would say, do this, it was disrespectful to ask why. I mean, you just, he said it, you did it. You didn't need to know why. You didn't know that he said it. And, and that... As a teenager, that was really frustrating to me. And, and I'll tell you, I decided when I had kids, I would do things differently. I would explain things to them more. Now, anytime I would say anything negative about my dad, I want you to know, 99% of what I saw in my dad was right on. But we can see some things. I, I look at my kids and tell them, listen, if you, if you see things in my life, if there's things I did that, that you do, as long as they're not against Scripture, you get better than me. You do it better than I did it. Uh, so that, that, that's not being disrespectful. Now, none of that means I didn't, I ha, I didn't trust him. 
I had complete trust for him. I knew that he would keep his word whether I liked it or not. Are you hearing me? If he told me something, how things were going to go, what would happen if I obeyed, what would happen if I disobeyed, you could, you could take it to the bank. That's what was going to happen. I knew that he would be faithful to our family. I, had no, I never worried about that. I knew he was faithful to our family. I knew he wasn't going to be a different guy at church and a, uh, than he was other places. He didn't change under pressure. I knew what I was going to get from him. I knew I could trust him. And trust made the home a healthy place. You know, in reality, I was proud of the man he was. It wasn't until my mid-teens that I discovered that every dad wasn't like my dad that I discovered I had some friends who couldn't trust their dads, that, that, that their dads could be abusive, their dads could be verbally abusive, that they had dads that maybe were addicted, or they had dads that maybe would lie or would be unfaithful to the family or would be unstable, that, that, that there was, and, and that they walked around with this no foundation of beliefs that guided their life and how that impacted those homes. And as I watched friends with, friends with dads like that, I, I found myself, first of all, shocked and then feeling sorry for them because it seemed like everything was fragile. They didn't know what they were going to get at any phone call. They didn't know what they were going to get any time they walked in the house. They never knew what was going to happen next because their dad wasn't stable in his beliefs and stable in his action. Trust is key for the, the house to be healthy. And, and I've, I've worked at that, and I, I hope my children could say they trust me. I want my grandchildren to be able to trust me. We want to walk in that trust because that's what brings, that, that is the first step of bringing health into our lives. And, and, and we start that by having a common set of beliefs that we stand on no matter what. Things that we believe in. Guys, listen to me. Things we believe in, this is the way I'm going to react. This is the way I'm going to live. This is what I believe is right and wrong. This is what I believe no matter who I'm with. I'm not trying to please the world. I'm trying to please my Father in heaven. I'm going to live solidly in front of my family. I'm going to be this kind of a man day in and day out. They can count on me no matter what's going on. I'm going to do what the Bible tells me to do. Are you hearing me? Now, I tell you, I like my, I like my kids to trust me. I, it's, a, it's a good thing when they trust me in, in big issues and in small ones. When you've earned that trust, you can, you can warn them about things that will get them in trouble, and they listen. And, and when they trust you, you can teach them little things. In our family, swimming is a, a is it, recreational swimming is just kind of a, a thing we really enjoy doing. And I want my children and I want my grandchildren to swim. Uh, it, it's, and it's easy for them to learn if they trust you. It's hard for them to learn 
if they don't trust you. In the same way, there's so many things that God, our Father, has for us. But we have to trust him. Put our faith in him. Again, listen to what Proverbs says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust him with all your heart, everything in you, in every area of life. Trust the Lord first. Trust him. Don't lean on your own understanding. Listen, the oldest of us in this room have 90-some years of experience. God is eternal. Our, our life experience is limited. His experience, his knowledge is unlimited. We can lean on him, we can trust him. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And everything that we do, from the simplest of things, the way we work, to the way we, if you're single, that you date, to the way you conduct yourself morally, to the choices of what you believe are right and wrong. He says, don't lean on your own understanding. Acknowledge him. Make, he will make your path straight. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your f- flesh and, and refreshment to your bones. In everything, troubles, we've got to trust him. The death of loved ones, our own death, we have to trust him. For eternity, we trust him. We look at his word and we trust what his word says. When we're going through troubles or things are going on that need to be changed, we come to him in prayer because we trust him. And what's right and wrong, we trust him. We don't lean on our own understanding. We believe in him. The first thing I teach my kids when I'm teaching them to swim or my grandkids now, the first thing they've got to learn is they've got to learn to put their head under water and not be afraid to put their head under water. A couple years ago, one of our grandchildren saw a baptismal service and they, they kind of liked it. They, they saw all, I think they saw all the attention people were getting, how, you know, what it was, and they said, I, they said, I want to be baptized. And, and our response to them was, you can't put your head under water yet. Until you can do that, you can't be baptized. That's the, that's the first step. Another one saw us when we had the big pool out in front of Jefferson Street, and we had so many people getting baptized that day. And they said they wanted to get baptized. We said, no, we don't think you understand it enough yet. Don't think you're old. They said, listen, just, just let me be baptized. I'll just swim to the side when I'm done. He said, well, see, that's why you're not ready to be baptized yet. So, you know, the first thing, that you, they've got to put their head in water. Then you, then you want to teach them to float. I want to teach them to float. And guess what, friends? If you re- relax, you're going to float. It's just, if you just relax, breathe, you'll float. Now, if they don't relax, if they stiffen up, they're going to go underwater. But they've got to relax. And this is what God's, this is what God's telling us in this verse. He says, listen, there's going to be times in this life when your head's going to go underwater. You've got to trust me. There's going to be times that I'm just going to let you on your back. It's going to, got to sit. You'll float if you trust me. Just trust me. And before long, you're going to learn how to navigate in this world that we live in. 
but it starts with you when you're uncertain, when you don't know, when you're a little bit afraid, you're a little bit concerned, and things aren't going quite the way you thought they would, that you trust me, that you put your faith in me. When things look uncertain, when the storms are raging about, he says, trust me, trust me. God wants us to lean on him and not on ourselves, not to try to make ourselves float, but to trust him. Do you? Do you trust the Lord with all your heart? Are you leaning on your own understanding or are you leaning on his? Are you acknowledging him in all of your ways? Because that's where he'll make your path straight. Are you being wise in your own eyes? Are, Are you putting your trust in the Lord and turning away from evil? This is amen worthy, isn't it? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Let's do it. Let's trust in the Lord with all of our heart. Amen? Okay, you ready for it to get a little rocky? Because see, in the first nine chapters of Proverbs, if you've been in our study, the first nine chapters of Proverbs are like a father talking to a son or a daughter, and he's telling a story. It's all, it's not, after you get past verse 9 that we'll start here in a few weeks on, on, on January 26, you start getting these individual statements. But up until now, he's telling a story. It's one flowing story of what he's telling us about trusting him. Have you ever, you know, a lot of people read Proverbs chapter, four, chapter 3, and they read these verses up to verse 4, and, you know, and, and, and trusting, the Lord, trusting the Lord with all of our heart. But they miss uh, verse 5. They miss what it says in verse 5. And in verse 5, it tells us that we are to bring the first fruits into the storehouse and to give it to God. To trust God as our provider. Trusting that God is my provider is learning to float. Are you hearing me? If you stiffen up there, you're going to go under sometimes, folks. But when you relax and you trust God and you bring into the storehouse of God what he's told you to do, you'll learn to float. In James chapter 1, verse 17, it says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. God's saying, listen, I don't change. You're not going to get one thing from me one time, another thing from me another time. You're not going to be uncertain about your relationship with me. But every good gift, everything that I have that is good, he says, I'm going to give to you. And, he said, and, and we can look and say, everything that we have that is good is a gift of God. All my relationships, as they are good, that's a gift of God. All the talents that he gives you, those are a gift of God. All the abilities God has given you, that is a gift of God to you. The health that you enjoy, that's a gift of God. The hope, the joy, and the life, all of these things, all of these good and perfect gifts that we have, are gifts of God. Now again, get your seatbelts on because the proper response to God's provision is generosity 
towards God, and God has defined generosity as first fruits. Jim gave us such a great word about this uh, a couple of weeks ago, and, and he reminded us that, that even in his life, as he talked about it, we already said, he said, listen, I don't want you to think I'm bragging on myself. I didn't do this. God did it. When we understand, listen, the good things that we get, it's not about how clever we are. It's not about how smart we are. It's not about how talented we are. It's about God's goodness in our life and how he blesses us. Now, this has always been the right response to God. It was there before the law. When, when, you, when we see Abel bringing his gift and, and the acceptable gift to God, what was it? It was the first fruits of what he had produced. It was the first fruits of it. When we see later Abraham and standing with Melchizedek, he gives him the first fruits before the law is written, before the law has been established, the first fruits are given as a symbol of their submission and their recognition that God is their provider. Now, some want to write this up as an Old Testament law, but remember last week we talked about three laws? The three laws? And there, then we also talked about not just laws, but imperatives. This is not a law, this is an imperative. In fact, in the, in the law, there, the, the, the law, in the law itself, it does talk about tithing. Tithing in the law was not 10%, hear me. Tithing in the law was 22.9%. Here's how it worked. 10% was the Levitical tithe to support the Levites and the temple. 10% was set aside as a festival tithe and had to do to the amount that was set aside to honor God for their deliverance and their various festivals that they did. And then another 10% would be given to the poor that would be divided up every couple of years. So it ends up to be about 22.9% that they were expected to trust God with. The tithe in the temple was kept in place as we come into the New Testament. In Matthew chapter 22, it says that Jesus is talking, and he says this, Woe to the scribes and the Pharisees, hypocrites, Listen to his words carefully. You tithe mint and dill and cumin, and you have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. So you get this so far? Now listen to Jesus' words really clearly. These you ought to have done. What should they have done? They should have paid attention to justice and mercy and faithfulness. Without neglecting the others. Let's see. Without neglecting the tithe, you should have done the other things too. You should have done both of them. A few weeks ago, we spoke about promises. And in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, talking to this very point about, about giving, it says the point is this, Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is, not, God is able to make all grace abound to you so that, all, that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. 
Okay, let me read that again. And God, our Father, is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things, in all times, you may abound in every good work. That sounds like a good place to live, doesn't it? So, here's the question. Do you trust God? For the house to be healthy, for the church to be healthy, for your relationship with your Father in heaven to be healthy, he says trust him. And in fact, he tells us this, and this is the one place. He tells us to test him in this. It's the only place in the Bible where God says test me. He doesn't say, listen, try out not lying a little bit and see if it works for you. Test me in this. He doesn't say, you know, try out not killing people as much as you have been. See how that, that works out better. No. He says, don't do this, don't do this. In this, he says, listen, test me. Put me to the test. Give me a trial. And so here's my challenge to you today, to trust God. If you're not giving regularly, if you just kind of, you know, throw a little bit, and people say, yeah, they, they, they call it a tip, but listen, a tip is, you know, a good tip is 20%. So it's not really a tip, is it? It's just uh, something. But if you're not giving regularly, then here's what I would challenge you to do. I would challenge you to set an amount, $10 a week, $20 a week. Set an amount and say, okay, God, I'm going to test you in this. From now till January 1st, I'm going to give that every week. I'm going to see what you do. And then every time you give it, say, God, this is a test. I'm testing you. And throughout the week, say, God, let me see if you're blessing me. I'm guaranteeing you God's already blessing you. You just may not know it yet. And you'll begin to see other places. Test God. If you're giving regularly and it's not first fruits, it's not the tithe, you know, up it. Start moving towards the tithe. Say, okay, God, I'm giving every week, but I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust you some more. I'm going to put you to the test. I'm going to see if I move towards complete obedience in you. I'm going to see if, if, that, if that does it. If, if you are tithing and, and you're giving your tithe, then I would encourage you to pray and say, God, what offerings do you want me to Because it's tithe and offerings. What would you have, have me to do? If you're doing both, if you're doing both of those things, then when you go in your small groups, talk about how God's blessing you. Help build faith in other people. So here's a real simple way to do this. Some of you, you've already signed up on Above and Beyond. Uh, some of you haven't turned yours in yet. We need about 100 more people to turn one of these in. And so today, just get one of these cards out and, and make a weekly commitment. Say, okay, God, I'm going to begin. I'm going to begin. I'm going to give regularly. Or I'm going to give a little bit more. Or I'm going to give, a, you know, my above and beyond. Some of you have been doing this for a while now already. Fill this out. And as you go out the door today, there's going to be a bucket sitting right out there in the middle. You're not going to be able to miss it. I told them to put it someplace where you have to walk around it. And as you walk around it, you say to yourself, am I trusting God or am I not? Do I trust God? He says put, me, put him to the test on this. Put him to the test. Trust God and see if he'll bless you. As you do that, God is going to bless you. So here, we've got to trust him. We've got to trust that he's morally, that he's right. We've got to trust that prayer changes things. That when we pray, and we've got to learn how to pray, 
We've got to trust that the Bible is profitable. We've got to trust that in times of trouble, he's going to protect us. We've got to trust that his wisdom is wisdom for us and we can know how to act. We've got to trust him not to worry when things don't seem to be going well. When he's laying us back in the water and saying, you're going to float now, we've got to not stiffen up. We've got to trust him. We've got to trust that he's our provider. Amen? Home gets healthy when we trust. Now here's the final thing for today. Do you trust him for eternal life? Romans 10 says this, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For where the heart, for with the heart one believes and is justified and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Hear me. We are being misled today. Our society is lying to us today. The enemy is trying to trick you and trick your children. He's trying to give us a false sense of security. He's trying to tell us that if we accept him as Savior, that we don't have to pay attention to him as Lord. He's telling us to be at peace, to do what we want to do, to not trust the Bible, but to trust our feelings, to trust everyone's feelings. However any person feels is all right, it's acceptable, it's bigoted and wrong to look at anybody and say your feelings are wrong. He's wanting us to flip the two great commandments and make the one about the second one about loving our neighbor higher than the one about loving God. But we can't properly love our neighbor until we rightly love God with everything within us. Because if we do that, we condemn our neighbor, we condemn our friend to a Christless eternity, an eternity without God because they have rejected who Christ is as their Lord. We don't just receive him as our Savior, we accept him as our Lord. Don't be fooled by this. Be aware of what's being said to you. Some of you are sitting here today and you're thinking, I'm a pretty good guy. I've straightened up a lot of things in my life. I'm doing okay. I come from this kind of religious background or that kind of religious background. I want to tell you, it's not whether you have church membership or not. It's not whether your name is written on the church scrolls or not. It's whether your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. That only happens when we accept Him as Lord and Savior. This is the testing ground for our eternity, and the day of judgment is coming. Listen to this verse, if you trust God. Matthew chapter 7, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, and do mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me. Listen, you workers of lawlessness. You ignored the moral law. You ignored my call to justice and mercy and morality. You ignored these things. And you thought you were saved. 
But when you're saved, you're saved because he's Lord and Savior in your life. Trusting God was easy for me because I had a father at home I could trust. I saw a father's authority, and I recognized that authority. For me, that meant if he said it, if he said that it was going to do something good, and, it, and it was, then that was going to happen, and if he said if you disobey, uh, you're going to have to deal with me, I was very, very clear in understanding that that was not a good thing. He did both. He kept his word both ways. And I'm telling you, we have an eternal father like that. He wants to give us good. He wants to bless us. He wants to move in our lives. He wants us to be under his blessing. And he tells us how to get there. So that the whole world will be a better place. But we have to trust him. And I can tell you, whether you choose to trust him or not, he is trustworthy. And if you reject him as Lord, if you turn your back on on Jesus as Savior and Lord, then you can count on it. His word and what happens to those who reject his son. That word, you can take it to the bank as sure as you can take his blessings to the bank. Let's stand together, Dan. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. I'm so thankful today that you are not the liar. We know the enemy of our soul is the father of lies. We look in your word and we see the wisdom of your word that teaches us how to live. And if everybody lived that way, the world would be a better place. And we know in the things that are certain and things that seem uncertain that we can sit back in your hands and relax. That your faithfulness is great. You show us new mercies every morning. And all that we need, you give to us. Father, we're thankful for that today. And today I pray for every person in this room that you would challenge, that your spirit would convict us. Father, in any area of our life, in any relationship, any way we're acting in our life, in anything we're putting you know, our hopes in, that, Lord, you would challenge us if we are leaning on our own wisdom and our own understanding instead of yours. Help us to lean completely on you. In Jesus' name we pray. Father, there are some here today that they need to hear that they've not completely surrendered their life to you. They, they, they're trusting in religion or they're trusting that there's a better day ahead for them because they're a pretty good guy. And they may be a pretty good guy, but we know all of our works are as filthy rags. And so, Lord, we pray that you would touch us today and call us to you. In Jesus' name. Every head remain bowed, every eye closed. On this Father's Day, we say, Lord, we say, say Pastor, I need to accept Jesus as my Lord today. I need to put my faith in him to be my Savior. I want to I start a new relationship with him today. 
most important eternal decision you'll ever make. If that's you, just raise your hand right now and say, Pastor, pray for me. I'm giving you just a moment today to raise your hand and say, Pastor, I need to ask Christ into my life. Anyone here today? Bless the Lord. Father, you know the conditions of every heart in here. Our prayer is that people will come to know your son every Sunday in this place. We're asking you to do that for us, Lord. And I pray for anyone here today that needs to make that decision, but they haven't, that before they leave this building, they will come and get their heart right with you. Lord, in Jesus' name, touch us and let us know this is our eternity is not something to gamble with, but that we need to be serious in our service to you. And we see how serious we are by our trust in you and how we trust you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And ask the prayer teams to come down to the front real quick, if you would. We're going to open these altars for anyone that needs prayer to come down and get prayer. If you would like to be prayed for, even if you didn't raise your, you need to accept Christ in your life, or whether you've got a health issue or some other issue going on in life, we believe prayer changes things. Come down and let somebody pray with you. And let me appeal to you. We need your help. We want to make a difference in our city. We've been showing you all the above and beyond things that we're doing, and so much of that moves forward on your faithfulness and giving and your help with this above and beyond pledge. If you haven't made a faith promise to do that, drop it in the bucket before you leave. Stand with us. Let's make a difference in our country by praying. Let's make a difference in our country by working. Let's make a difference in our country by being obedient to God and giving. And let's impact our country for the glory of God's kingdom. Amen. I love you. Blessed Father's Day to you. Worship with us for just a moment. If you have a need for prayer, come on down. And then they'll dismiss you in just a moment.